Hey everyone, good morning and welcome to today's Anchor Point online service. Thanks for tuning in. We are happy that you are joining us, especially if it's your first time. Uh, I'm Jeremy. And I'm Emily. And uh, just a couple of reminders before we get started. We want to thank you to those people that have been contributing and uh, we want to encourage you to continue to give and let you know that you can give by e-transfer to giving at apalliston.com. Another reminder that on Sunday mornings we are gathering in person at the Circle Theatre at 9am and 10am, so sign up for that. And we have weekly prayer meetings on Monday nights at 8pm at, on Zoom. Um, we're excited to hear the message this morning and we look forward to seeing your faces in real life soon. <laughs> Thanks. Good morning. Today's scripture reading is from Hebrews uh, 10, 19 to 25. Uh, Therefore, brothers, since we have confidence to enter the holy places by the blood of Jesus, by the new and living way that he opened for us through the curtain, that is, through his flesh, and since we have a great priest over the house of God, let us draw near with a true heart in full assurance of faith with our hearts sprinkled clean from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. Let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering, for he who promised is faithful. And let us consider how to stir up one another to love and good works, not neglecting to meet together, as is the habit of some, but encouraging one another, and all the more as you see the day drawing near. This is the word of the Lord. Hey, good morning, guys. How's it going? My name is Tom, if I've not met you, and I welcome you as we continue our study in Hebrews. So we're we're almost done. I've uh, got a couple more weeks left. We're going to bite off another huge chunk today in chapters 8 through 10. And just a brief um, just summary kind of of what's been going on. So this letter was written a long time ago uh, to a group of Jewish Christians who are feeling really discouraged. So they are feeling the pull back to their old way of living uh, due to like persecution, due to loss of relationship, due to exhaustion, um, and just having a hard go of it. And so someone writes them a letter, most likely the Apostle Paul, writes them a letter to encourage them and to say, hey, listen, I understand, but don't go back to the old way because Jesus is better. Follow through with following Jesus. And so he talks about like very systematically, all the ways Jesus is better than the old way, the, 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 the old way with sacrifices and high priests and um, the, the Levitical priesthood, all that stuff is uh, Jesus is better than those things. And so um, we are doing the same thing because a lot of us feel the same way. Maybe we're exhausted and tired. We're feeling maybe like, what's the point of church? Why are we even doing this? And over the last year and a bit, maybe you're, you're kind of just feeling worn out. And so we, we feel like there's a message for us here today in this letter that's going to spur us on to keep the faith, to keep going after God, to, to persevere through and by looking to Jesus, looking to Jesus. So that's my hope today is that we'll look to Jesus together. And we'll do that by doing a quick summary of chapters 8 to 10 and kind of getting practical because this passage that we just heard read is kind of the hinge point from like uh, right thinking to right living. So how we actually apply all the things that we've heard. So, so far we've heard things like 
Jesus is the exact imprint of God's nature. He is the radiance of God's glory. Jesus is better than angels. Jesus is better than the Torah. Jesus is better than Moses. Jesus is better than the priesthood and Melchizedek. And Jesus provides a better covenant and is a better sacrifice. Incredible stuff. But today we're going to look at what does that mean for us? How do we apply that to our lives specifically as a gathered community? How do we not forsake or give up on coming together as followers of Jesus? So before we do that, would you pray with me? And then we'll, we'll dive in together. Father, Son, Holy Spirit, we are grateful today that we have a way to access your presence through you, Jesus, through what you've done, your perfect sacrifice, your priesthood, Lord, your um, intercession for us, you're cheering us on, you are speaking a better word over us to your Father right now. And so we come humbly into your presence. Holy Spirit, we ask that as we open the word, you would point us to Jesus, that there would be challenge and conviction and, and worship that fills up our hearts and spirits as we learn together. Come fill up every car, every room, every set of headphones, every heart and mind and soul that's listening to this, Lord. And would you, would you speak to us, transform us more into the image of Jesus. I, I pray a protection over heart, over mind, over spirit of everyone listening in the name of Jesus. Any, any scheme the enemy is trying to work, we speak against right now in the name of Jesus. Come have your way. You are king. We love you, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Okay, so let's go briefly through a, a synopsis about... Uh, chapters 8 and 10, 8 through 10. So he, he starts off verse 19 in chapter 10 by saying, therefore, so that we're looking back at everything he's just unpacked for his hearers. Therefore, brothers, since we have confidence to enter the holy places by the blood of Jesus, by the new and living way that he opened for us through the curtain, that is through his flesh. So therefore, looking backwards, there's two senses that happen here. Since Jesus is the better sacrifice is the first thing that we hear. Since Jesus is the better sacrifice, we can have confidence in being and having access to God. Remember this, the sacrifice before the blood of the sacrifice was, was kind of the way um, that we gained access to God. It covered us, cleansed us from our sins so that we can enter into God's presence. But through Jesus' once and for all sacrifice, paying the price completely and fully all the way to the uttermost, to the deepest, darkest spots in the human condition. Jesus went to heal and to cover. Jesus did that. So since that, he goes on in verse 21 to say, um, that is through the flesh. And, since, and also since we have a great high priest over the house of God. So since the, the second sense is that Jesus is the better high priest. Jesus is the better high priest, which means Jesus is our advocate before God, which gives us confidence. So Jesus is interceding for us right now. He is cheering us on as we continue on and following his way. He knows it's difficult. He can sympathize. But it's like he can see uh, that we, we are running this race. And through what he's done for us, we're actually going to be able to, to, to succeed through what he's done. So he began a good work in us and he's going to complete it. But he's like cheering us on the whole way through. So because of these things, since Jesus is the better sacrifice and Jesus is the better high priest, we have confidence to do what? And he goes in to say, goes on to say, 
Uh, let us draw near with a true heart and full assurance of faith, with our hearts sprinkled clean from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. So we have confidence through who Jesus is to draw near with confidence, with a, with a true heart. And what does that mean? A true heart is like showing up with everything, showing up wholeheartedly, not in a, a space of like, division internally like ah, i don't know i mean i i show up partially to god but it's showing up completely and fully it's like you know when you have a conversation with someone and they're on their phone or they're um you're on the phone with them and they're doing something else you can hear them typing and it's like they're not really paying attention they're half-heartedly doing it that's not what we're talking about we're, we're talking about showing up into god's presence fully completely eyes looking to Jesus, amazed by Jesus, beginning to worship Jesus because of who he is. As we do this, there our motives begin to be revealed, and so hopefully there's no mixed motives in being in God's presence that way. We're able to draw near with this complete assurance of faith, knowing that Jesus has actually paid the price once and for all. A really quick way to summarize basically chapters 8 through 10 is Jesus paid it all. Um, so Jesus paid it all so we can come with this assurance of faith. I'm grabbing a hold of something substantial. Jesus did actually lay down his life for me. His blood was actually shed to cleanse me from all my unrighteousness. I'm covered, I am washed clean, and I'm holding on to him, knowing that I will fail continually. I failed, I will fail, and will continue to fail, but that he is going to walk through all those things with me, cheering me on, covering me. And this is a really big deal, this whole idea of our hearts being sprinkled clean with it from an evil conscience. This goes back to uh, the, the, the old um, covenant and how sacrifices were had to be repeatedly offered to cover up the sin of, of the human beings that, that were in Israel. And so in Jesus' sacrifice, because it was perfect, um, because he was the, the spotless lamb, he cleansed us not only from our sin, but also from our guilty conscience. And so the old covenant was essentially uh, going back to the temple and offering sacrifices was like bringing your car back to the mechanic every week and him kind of patching something together so, you, so that you could drive it. But then come Thursday, you know, your tire is wobbling again, oil's leaking out on your driveway Friday morning, you bring it back Monday, they fix it, you drive it till Thursday, same thing, you get the picture. So Jesus comes and he, he provides a new way, a better way. He, he solves all of those things. And, and what, what the old covenant could never deal with was our guilty conscience. So it could cover our sin, but it couldn't take away the guilt and shame that we felt because it would happen over and over and over again. We have to go back and offer sacrifices. And, and in the new covenant and through what Jesus has done, he actually has removed sin and guilt and shame. It's incredible. And so that's what we have access to now with Jesus being our better sacrifice and Jesus being our high priest. And our bodies being washed with pure water that just speaks of baptism so with this confidence in mind we draw near not only do we draw near he goes on to say let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering for he who promised is faithful we hold fast to that sure and steadfast anchor of the soul jesus christ to, to what he's done and not only what he's done what he's going to do that one day he's going to return reunite heaven and earth and that we're going to be able to dwell with god for eternity there so we hold on not half-heartedly but what but like unbendingly unwaveringly we're holding on to what jesus has done there's nothing that brings us to god except what jesus has done perfectly for us 
Our Christian hope is anchored and grounded in the life, death, resurrection, and ascension of Jesus Christ. And in this in-between time of the already and not yet of God's kingdom, we're holding on in hope as the kingdom continues to spread out. Like that mountain that we were reading about in Daniel, that's going to cover that kingdom that's going to cover up all the world. That's what we're holding on to in faith. Okay, so that's a quick synopsis of chapters 8 through 10. This brings us to uh, the application, guys, of, of what we just were talking about in chapters 8 through 10. Let us consider how to stir up one another to love and good works, not neglecting to meet together, as is the habit of some, but encouraging one another, and all the more as you see the day drawing near. I want us to frame this whole idea of togetherness and community through the lens of the gospel. So in the very beginning, God created heavens and the earth and everything that we can see. God was Father, Son, and Spirit, this beautiful community of love. And so in, in his image, he creates humans. And so the first human he created is Adam. And so as he's unfolding creation, we see he's saying, as he makes the birds, and, and they're good. And as he makes the, 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 the plants, and they're good. And so the first not good that we see in the creation narrative is that Adam's alone. And so he says, it's not good that man should be alone. And so he creates out of Adam, Eve. So he creates a, a, a companion, someone to, to live life with. And so as people made in the image of God, we are made for connection with God and with one another. And so in that beautiful creation, that's, that's where things are happening. That's, that's how it should be. As sin enters the world, there's a fracture of relationship between God and humanity, but also amongst humanity itself. And that plays out in all kinds of shapes and sizes and forms and, and murder and adultery and selfishness and pride and on and on and on the list could go. And this reverberates and goes all the way into, in, we're living in it. We, that, that's the effect of sin. But in the middle of that, we see Jesus come. Jesus comes to, to reconcile, to reconnect us to God and to our design as people who live in communion with God and with one another. And so he does that by laying down his own life as a sacrifice to cover up our sin, to cover up our shame, to cover up our brokenness and to reunite us again with God and with one another. And he does that and he, in doing that, he adopts us into his family. So we have a father and we are brothers and sisters together as the Christian community. Again, it's, a, it's redeeming what sin destroyed. We were created for union. There was a disunity that happened due to our sin and selfishness and pride and arrogance. Jesus reconciled that through laying down his own life, connecting us again to God and to one another. All this pointing to the hopeful reuniting of heaven and earth, the new heavens and the new earth, where we dwell together as a family with God for all eternity. So this is the scope of, of I mean, that's pretty broad brushstrokes, but you get it. We're, we're made to live together. But there's another depth to it that we see even in the, one of the most famous stories in the biblical narrative in the Old Testament, where God's people are um, in captivity and slavery and uh, and and God goes, God, God uses Moses to go to Pharaoh and says, hey, listen, you need to let my people go so that we can go worship together in the wilderness. So there's this whole depth to and purpose to community that God has for us as his, as his new humanity, that part of being the new humanity is coming together to worship God. 
It's coming together to encourage one another, to stir one another up, to love and to good deeds. I've heard this said often, and I think I've said it even myself. I, I love Jesus, but I don't know what to think about the church. I can't really stand the church. And that's, that's I mean, the church has, throughout history has its whole litany of ways that it has failed. And, and it, it fails because it's humans and humans fail. But one thing that I think I want us to, one idea I want to kind of draw attention to is that, yeah, you, you can be a Christian and not attend church, just like I could be married to Jess and never come home, right? Me, me coming home doesn't mean that I'm not married to Jess anymore, but I'm going to tell you my relationship will suffer if I don't come home. And it's the same thing. Like there's, there's something in gathering together that we're made to do something in, in obedience to the way of Jesus and, and in becoming who we are in Christ and following his lead that will draw us into a gathered community. And that community, let me tell you, will not be perfect. And that's part of the challenge to persevere and to not take up the posture of a consumer, but as someone who's actually contending, someone who's actually contributing to the community. And so that's what all of this stuff about Jesus being the better sacrifice and better high priest, it's leading us to this, this hope of like this, this gathering together and celebra celebration and worship of this Jesus, of this perfect, perfect sacrifice of this great high priest, of this King of Kings, of someone who is better than anything we could ever imagine. So when we gather together, as we stir up one another and we to love and good works, what we're doing is we're coming together to look to Jesus. We're coming together to, to celebrate who he is, to worship him for who he is. And I want us to kind of, to, to hear like, let, let us consider how to stir up one another. So when we gather together, it's like you, me, everyone that's coming to that gathering, what we're doing is how can I stir, stir up the people I'm going to see to love and to good works? How can I get in there? Not just to be stirred up. I don't show up just to be stirred up. I show up to stir up other, others to love and good work. So it's difficult right now because of COVID and all kinds of stuff I know to, to gather together. It's, it's more complicated, but I want to challenge us to think through ways that we can gather, ways that we can show up to the things that we are doing. Um, and so the purpose of that um, is folded into the story of the gospel like we were talking about. It, it also is in you becoming more like Jesus because as we learn to actually do what Jesus instructs us to do, to love the Lord our God with all of our heart, soul, mind, and strength, and to love our neighbor as ourself, it's impossible to love our neighbor as ourself as we aren't living in community. So as we come together, it's, it's, it's the practice field, if you will. It's the test kitchen for learning to love one another. You know, I can pray for patience and then uh, like that I would be able to, to, to love you, but if I don't see you, um, and that thing that I do that annoys you um, won't cause you to be annoyed with me. And then you have to kind of work through your patience and then vice versa. If, if we live in isolation from one another, one another, then that we don't have space and time to practice those things. So a huge part of our design and, and obedience to God and following the way of Jesus is actually hinging on or contingent on gathering together as a family. Um so how do we stir it up? If we're supposed to come together to stir up one another, not just to be stirred up, but to come to stir up, what does that look like? 
I mean, there's basic things like prayer, guys, as we've been gathering together for singing and prayer on Sundays. It's been so encouraging as we join our hearts together to pray. Some some of those times have been in, in mourning and in, in grieving. Some of those times have been in exalting and praising God. Some of those things have just been in between. But what we're doing is we're coming together and we're stirring up one another to love. Hey, this is something that that that's weighing heavy on me. Could you love me by praying for me in this situation or for the person I love in this situation? There's through those times of prayer, there's there's opportunities for us to, oh, I can actually go and serve and love that person by through X, Y, and Z way because all of a sudden I'm getting to know them or their situation better than I did before. Uh, there is opportunity as we stir as we come together to stir one another up by sharing testimony by sharing ways in which God has showed up in our in our lives um, or in ways that we're learning to be more open to God, to, to live out the kingdom right here, right now, where God and you are partnering together and there's some fruit from that and we can celebrate and praise God for, the, for that. That stirs up something within us. There's um, a definite need to encourage one another because it's difficult, you know, to follow Jesus on the best uh, of days. But how much more difficult has it been, you know, in the last little bit as we've been kind of forced into isolation and are coming slowly back together in some kind of shape and form. Encouragement is so needed for us as we live out this life right here, right now of following Jesus. It's not easy. We need one another to encourage us. That's how we stir up the gift. Keep going, man. Like, remember, this is how God's made you to be. You can do so much with him. Um, don't, don't give up the faith, those types of things. And as we open God's word together um, in sharing and gifts of the spirit come, prophecy, you know, it talks about when you come together, each one has a, a, a song, a hymn or a spiritual song. Same thing as we sing together, the truth of who God is, is bouncing off and reverberating off of one another. And that stirs us up to worship and praise and to live lives of following Jesus. So guys, I want to end with a challenge of, um, of just you uh, considering what, what it could look like to, to actually join into one of our gatherings based on, on kind of the things that we have going right now. We have two Sunday morning gatherings at 9 and 10 a.m. And what we're doing is we're coming together to sing and to pray. And that, that is such a powerful thing to do. I feel like that it's actually accomplishing what we're the, the thing we're very, very much talking about today in terms of stirring up one another for love and for good works and encouraging one another. So that's a that's a way that you can join together in community and not um, neglecting meeting together. Uh, if if you're uncomfortable with meeting in person, we do also have online prayer on Monday nights at 8 p.m. on Zoom, and that's a way that maybe you do feel uncomfortable due to the pandemic or um, due to COVID, and and that's a way that you can connect. So I would want to challenge you to do one of those two things based on your on your level of comfort to. Um, to come out to singing in prayer, show up, come, come ready to stir up and to be stirred up in one of those ways. And then also, if, if not, then, then just tune in to Zoom at 8 um, p.m. to also pray, to do the same thing. It's just virtually we, where we come together to pray, to sing, to worship God and to stir one another up. So guys, I am hopeful for the way that things are beginning to open up and the way that God is kind of, uh, we feel God's been faithful to us and kind of allowing us to have this space and time to kind of reimagine what uh, our gatherings are going to look like in the future. So 
I want to ask for prayer for that even as we as a leadership are sorting through some stuff and, and really seeking God as to what it looks like to be a community of people who is committed to being disciples and making disciples. Um, and so pray for us as we do that. So that's another challenge. Um, pray for your leaders this week. So I love you guys. I hope you have a great week. Bless you. And may we come together to stir one another up to love and good deeds. In the name of Jesus, amen.